friends. Welcome to episode 12 of Keep It Real with Rachel Sinclair. I'm so glad you're here. And guys, you are absolutely going to love this conversation with Lindsay Ray. Lindsay is the author of Why I Hate Green Beans and It's a Love Story, which are two books that I discovered within the past year and could not read them fast enough. So needless to say, I was crazy excited when Lindsay wanted to come on the podcast. We just have good girl talk, to be honest. We swap stories about awkward dates. I talk about the time that I got gum stuck in my hair during a high school slow dance. So that's a fun one. But we also get very real. Lindsay talks about how our culture's obsession with love and romance is really an indicator of how we're made with this sense of longing that is ultimately only fulfilled through Jesus. And Lindsay describes this in such a beautiful way, much better than I am in this introduction. So you really need to listen to her describe it. But she is so talented, has such a pure heart, and I'm honored to have her on the show. So without further ado, let's listen to Lindsay Ray. Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Well, I'm so excited to have you on. As I was thinking through my sort of fall lineup and who was coming when, I thought, man, it would be awfully sweet if I could get Lindsay Ray because (laughs) I, um, I first heard you on the Big Boo cast. Which really? I love. Yes. Yes. Interesting. That I was did. just that was just lately, huh? It was. I'm a new fan. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, you'll laugh at this. Um, Sophie or Miss Hudson was my teacher in high school. <laughs> she was. I absolutely love yes, that. Yes. I took psychology with her. And um, <sighs> and it was funny because I am um, I know we've never met in person before, so you don't necessarily know me, but um, I'm a very yeah. like studious type A person. And I, as a junior in, co- or in high school, I was thinking, okay, got to, you know, scout out my college major options, think through what I want to do. And I thought maybe I want to do something in psychology. So I should take that in high school, right? Well, mm-hmm. what I didn't know is that psychology in high school was often like a throwaway class for seniors who just <laughs> needed some extra hours but like didn't really want to do anything. So I show up in here with like my notebook and pencil and I'm like ready to learn some psychology from Miss Hudson. And then it was like, this is going to be fun. We're going to learn a little bit about the brain. Like it's going to be fine. And <laughs> And it was so much fun. We had a great class, but it was just... It was not like the hardcore, you know, super studious. Not what you expected. I can't imagine you not having fun with Oh, Sophie we had a Hudson. blast. I remember like we, we talked about, I guess, compulsions or something. And we watched Hoarders one week. Like <laughs> That's what we did. And then one time we made a brain out of aluminum foil. And that was super fun. Cool. So, it, and that was before she had published her first book. So... She was wow. yeah. she was just in the mommy blogger phase. Yes, that's right. But anyway, so of course I love following them and then I heard you as a guest on their podcast and I was looking for a new book kind of in in your genre in the Melanie Shankel Sophie Hudson genre mm-hmm. that is funny but real you know something that can inspire you that's with true stories, but that's not like heavy. Um, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so anyway, I decided, you know what, I'm going to try her new book. It's a love story. And I loved it. Yay. Sped through it and then immediately bought 
I hate green. Is it because I, mm-hmm. why I hate green beans? Why I hate green why beans. Why I hate yes. green beans. Yes. And then that's it. So where's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> oh, well, Melanie and I talk all the time about, I'm not sure if I have anything left to say. What is, <laughs> what is there left to say? Although there's a, a ton to say, but Gosh, they, oh, I'm sure. I know you pour out your heart in these books. <laughs> <laughs> you do, and it, and I feel like it takes it takes so long. It's such a process, and it takes so long. And then you have everybody giving you a this. This is the hard part. Everybody's giving you advice on uh-huh. your life and and your stories, and they're saying, "Well, maybe you should change that." And you think, "Well, th- but it happened, so <laughs> I, I don't understand what you mean." Or they want to completely remove a story that you thought was just fabulous. And they say, oh, well, I don't think people will care about that. Oh. And you think, but that's just mean to say. So right. a, a lot of times, um, Melanie, I'll, I'll talk to Melanie because I am, I am in that space right now where I'm trying to figure out next steps and 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 she and I we're we're both saying of course she's written I think seven books now and I just have the two and and I said I just I'm I'm tired of I'm tired of thinking of what's right although (laughs) I think what people appreciate is the it's relatable everyday stuff that can be so funny and that just happens to me all the time. Yes. And so I think I, I just have a, I have a way of, of storytelling that, right. that can sometimes be funny. So I, I mean, I really could, I really could write a book a year if I had to. Yes. You have content from your everyday life that could mm-hmm. <laughs> supply. Yeah. That's great. And I love that so many of your stories are about your family and especially in your most recent book, it's, you know, you, especially in the beginning, you spend a good part about growing up and being in high school. And, um, like I, I picture the scene of y'all roller skating around the pool and like yes. why your mom thought that was a good idea. I you know, know. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, catching, you know, the birds that come in and all that kind of stuff. It just, yeah. it makes you laugh. Cause you know, we've all had some kind of experience that's similar in one way or another. And it just right. brings back these fond memories. So um, well, okay. For those listening, could you give us kind of a bullet point version of how you became a professional writer? And I love in one of your descriptions, you say you're an accidental blogging superstar. True. <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> give us give us the lowdown on that. <laughs> Let's see. It it all started with this tacky little show called The Bachelor. Oh, and... I think I might have heard of that somewhere. <laughs> And I was watching season one with my roommate way back when, and we just like we we happened to catch it on night one. And Chris Harrison, the host, was in uh, a wee young lad, and they, I think it lasted maybe four weeks or five weeks, and the and season? we thought it yes, absolutely. What? The first season was either five four or six weeks, one of those. And I remember we looked at each other and thought, this is the dumbest thing (laughs) and will never last. And I'd like to point out that that was, oh, probably 2003. Uh And um, we've just wrapped up season 27 or something like that. (laughs) So it's, it's still around and it's here to stay. It has evolved a bit, but I, I watched it. And then of course the next season you watch it again to see, 
what strange things these people decide to do. It's, it was right when reality TV became a thing. Sure. And I had an, I had, I lived in Dallas at the time and I had an event in Atlanta and I was low man on the totem pole. And I remember we were stuffing boxes as a giveaway. And I was in a room with a bunch of other younger women. And I said to them, y'all, if, if we hurry through this, we can run up to my hotel room and watch The Bachelor because it was a Monday night and it was about to come on and they did not know what I was talking about. I said, Oh, you're going to love it. And so we went up there, we watched it all made fun of it. Well, then the next week I was back in Dallas and they're in Georgia. And one of them emailed me and said, did you watch the show? And I said, yes. And I wrote all this funny stuff that I thought happened. Well, then the next week they said, where's our recap? Where's our recap? So there uh-huh. were maybe six, six girls on that email chain, and then I added four of my friends and sort of made fun of the show. And then a couple of weeks later, a girl named Tiffany, I'll never forget, Tiffany said, can you put me on your original mailing list? Because I don't get your recaps until Thursdays. And I remember thinking, who is Tiffany and how did she get my email address? And this is weird. And not once did it occur to me that people were forwarding it to their friends and they were forwarding it to their friends. Wow. And, so and that you had all, an original email chain. I like- did. I had an original email chain that turned into about a hundred and then that hundred kind of snowballed into a thousand. And that's when my IT guy came up to me and said, Hey, you could be fired for emailing. I was emailing in, in batches in 50, (laughs) 50 increment batches. And he said, you could be fired for this. Please stop doing that. What you need is a blog. And I said, Oh, Jason, I don't know what a blog (laughs) is. I don't do coding. And he said, it's like PowerPoint. You click here for title and then write in the body and hit submit. And it's on the internet, like Doogie Howser's journal. (laughs) Oh, I can totally do that. Yeah. And so then it was born and it just snowballed, snowballed, snowballed into a, a, a myriad of other things. It, it, I ended up getting a website out of it because I truly thought this show is about to end any day now. And I want to write. So I need to think of other stuff to write. So I was recapping around the time Sophie and Melanie and Ree Drummond, Pioneer Woman, they were all mommy blogging. I was recapping about The Bachelor. Yes, you were. And I w- I had a I had an email re- friendship relationship with Chris Harrison, the host, and he would email me and say, you just wait until tonight. And then all of a sudden, recapping what? became a thing. And he had a recap <laughs> over at Entertainment Weekly. And okay, I, remember- I knew you had had your picture with him. I did not know y'all were email buddies. <laughs> we were back in the day. And I, and I emailed him and I said, dude, you're totally stealing my thunder. When did you start recapping? He's like, well, they're paying me to recap. It's a thing now. And I thought, are you kidding me? And so he started recapping the show and we kind of drifted apart as you do. But then when Twitter (laughs) became a thing, we started messaging back and forth and I started putting stuff out there and he would respond. And then when this first book came around, they, you know, you always say, are there any influencers in your life who can, you know, endorse your book? Absolutely. And I said, well, let me, let me reach out to Chris Harrison. And I typed in that old Yahoo email address that I had for him (laughs) and he responded back and he said, whatever you need me to do, 
Oh, you know, let me do it. Amazing. Endorsed the book and it was really fun. And it's been a, it's been a strange thing because, because of all of that, I ended up somehow my recaps ended up on the editor's desk, one of the entertainment editor's desk at entertainment weekly. And I got this gig with CBS and then another one with the associated press. And so all of this writing stuff, started to trump my regular day job. Uh So I walked away from oil and gas and went into freelance writing. And I've been doing that ever since. And so the two books kind of spun out of that. Wow. That is Mm -hmm. just, what a great journey. (laughs) Isn't that strange? It's a very strange, sometimes I look back and think that is, that is very weird. Or I'll go back and look at some of those first posts mm-hmm. and I bless my own heart for <laughs> what I was writing. And I think, yes. take that down. Why you have the power to delete that. Let's see, do it. But I don't. But then it gives you some pride as to a healthy pride as to where you've come, you know, how hard you you've go. worked and how far you've come. Yeah. So That's true. That, but I feel like you are a natural writer. I mean, did you always want to write? Was that something you aspired for? Yes and yes and no. Always in my head, I I had a book in me, and oh, yes. but I never I never thought about writing it because that's what other people did, mm. and and, I, and and it wasn't me saying, oh, I can't do this. I could never do this. I truly never thought about doing it. I truly just thought, well, that would be, you know that's in my head. I, I, I never wanted to do anything with it, and then. This is super tacky, but it's the truth. I was I was reading a book, and I I was on a beach in somewhere, and I was reading this book, and I thought I can write better than this. Yeah. If this if this person has a book that someone has chosen to publish into pages that goes on a shelf, then I I can write better yes. than this. I know that sounds so tacky, but it was it's, almost a a light bulb that went on that said, "Oh, anybody can write a book." No, it's not. And I, at the risk of sounding tacky or pretentious, I I know that I've I've had that I've felt that before, like reading that because yeah. I mean I do hope to be an author one day, and um, I do freelance right now. But yeah, I. All that to say, I know what you mean when you're like, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. this is not Mm -hmm. some faraway dream. Like, I can do this. Like, if they could do it, there's a way for me to do it. That's (laughs) exactly what I thought. And then my next thought was, who do I know who is an author? Well, nobody. So then I thought, (laughs) who do I know who who I feel like I have a similar voice? And it was Melanie Schenkel. I'd been following her for a while. And and uh, I knew she lived in Texas, and I had just covered Nobody's Cuter Than You, her yes. fourth or fifth book for Entertainment Weekly. I had just covered it, and I, um, I just reached out to her, and I and I said, if I can just come and sit at your feet for an hour, will you tell me everything you know? And she said, absolutely, yes, come on. She had read my recaps, which I thought was just a delight that she knew who in the heck I was to begin with. And so she just brain dumped on me at a Starbucks in San Antonio one day and I was taking notes furiously and she gave, she gave me the name of her agent and she said, you know, this is how you get to a publisher because I had realized it's very hard to get in the door at a publishing house without an advocate and the agent acts as your advocate. And so she gave me 
her agent, who is also Sophie's agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I thought I was supposed to pitch the agent. I didn't know I was supposed to pitch the publishing house. And so I did this whole song and dance for the agent lady. <laughs> and she said, I mean, Melanie said, I don't think Lisa is taking on any new clients right now, but you just try. She may have someone in her, in her organization or her team who is. And so I pitched Lisa with the song and dance of a, of my idea of my book. And she, um, in December, of 2015 she reached out and she said yeah I want to I want to help you and so she became my agent and then you do this whole year-long process of pitching and trying to figure out who's the best fit and that is that is a process because nobody wanted my first book they all passed Mm. but whenever you do a pitch there's a section in there at least in mine where it says future book ideas so people don't think you're a one hit wonder that you just have one idea. Now I just wrote stuff down. (laughs) They weren't real books. I just thought, (laughs) let's just fill these blanks in. Sure. And one of the publishing houses says, we don't care about this 15 page thing that you have already (laughs) written, but over here, this one sentence over here about insecurity. Yeah. Can you give us a pitch on that by Monday? (laughs) Oh, and I said, well, of course I can. Of course. And I called my sister and said, help me. (laughs) And that is what became why I hate green beans. (gasps) Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is, that's great. It, and it's hard work. I just, I know that. It, mm-hmm. so that's, yeah. It pays off to, to have that book. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. they're both wonderful. Thank um, you. Yes. And in it's a love story. You talk about lots of different kinds of love stories and you, like mm-hmm. I said, you share personal stories from yourself. And then you also have a section in there where your friends have submitted breakup stories that are mm-hmm. <laughs> funny or sad or both, you know, in between and everything. And I just, I love this swapping stories because we, again, we do this in real life and it's fun. Um, but one story you didn't share was and like the most awkward date you've ever been on. So I was wondering, <laughs> do you have like a chart topper that you would be willing to share or yeah. any date story that's funny? It was it was just so unfortunate is what it was, <laughs> is is it was a it was somebody I'd been talking to for a, a while. And I I had gone to I was going to be in his city and he knew it. And so he said, um, I, I don't know. I just felt, I, I felt like it was a date. Maybe he didn't feel like it was a date, but oh, I yeah. felt like it was a date. So it was one of those where I'm super nervous and, oh, and bleh, cause I don't date at all. Zero any, any time. I just don't. So you ask me for a dating story. I have one and this is it. And, um, he pulled up to the house and I was, I was staying with friends and I remember my friend Catherine said, who's in that, who's in the front seat? <laughs> and, I, and it didn't occur oh, to me to think, no. well, no one should be in the front seat. Cause I was thinking, well, he's in the front seat, he's driving. <laughs> and so I, he is walking up the door and I'm opening it and I'm hearing Catherine saying, who's in the front seat as the door is opening. And I walk out and there is a, a, a total mother girl in the front seat. And so I am in the back seat. Oh no. And I'm texting people as we're going to dinner and, but I'm still not understanding what's going on. So dinner is just lovely. And, and, Oh, we're charming each other to bits and with, bam, with bam, this bam, other bam. person with her. She just sitting there. <laughs> and I thought, well, she just must be a friend. Cause he kept saying, 
we're going to meet friends later and blah, blah, blah. And so I thought, well, she's just along for the ride and things are going great and whatnot. And then we get to the second place and he goes somewhere to greet all the friends. And so it's our first time to be alone, me and the girl. And she whips her head around at me and she goes, you know, we're together, right? (gasps) And I said, I actually did not know that. And she goes, yeah, we've been dating for a while. And I said, okay. So then I go to the bathroom to cry and I text people and everybody's going, where are you? I'm coming to get you. And I said, this is weird because it's not my personality. I said, no, I was promised to date. I'm staying. Yeah. And so then I just flirted with all of his friends the whole night. There you and go. And later on, he he's trying to put her into a cab to go and she won't and she won't leave him and it's all very weird and so then afterwards he calls and says that she's the crazy ex-girlfriend they're not dating and blah blah and I said yeah too much drama for me why don't you go figure that out yeah wow Mm -hmm. oh that's yeah so why was she intended to exactly. be there the whole time? Like- exactly. <laughs> there, are, there are several holes in this, in this <laughs> sentence. And because if she's the crazy ex-girlfriend, then why not give me a heads up? Hey, crazy ex-girlfriend, long story, but she's going to be with us. Right. I'll explain later. Give me a heads up. Or if she's we not have su- phones. Yeah. Text. And if she's not supposed to be there, then if the crazy ex-girlfriend wants to come, you say, hey, we're not together anymore. Right. You're not invited. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a bad one to realize that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I told you when I sent you some potential questions, I said that if you shared a worse dating story, I would share one. And mine's a little yes. more, um, tri- I don't know if trivial is the right, right word. It's a little more like slapstick comedic, but it, oh. it happened. And here we go. This was, um, so my probably worst, most awkward moment wasn't worst date, I would say, but um, most awkward moment was in high school at homecoming, and I was going to the dance with this guy who was a year or two older, and um, I kind of thought he liked me, wasn't necessarily feeling it, but, you know, I always try to make the most of the situation, and I'm like, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be fun, it'll be, we're friends, whatever. Well, you know, as we, you know, go on to the dance and stuff, I can just tell the way he's looking, and I'm like, oh, no, you know, I'm going to have to tell him I'm not interested like that, you know, and whatnot. <laughs> Well, we're dancing to this slow dance that came on and, you know, just going back and forth, whatever. And he's looking at me and I'm like, oh, my gosh, she really likes me. Well, then all of a sudden I realized, well, let me back up. My first mistake was chewing gum. I accepted a piece of gum. There, You can see where this is going downhill. Um, <laughs> and I realized as we're sitting there slow dancing, I'm like, oh, no. One, you know, like sometimes your hair can fly away. One piece of hair stuck in my mouth and I was like I think this gum is stuck on one piece of hair okay one I was like you know what totally manageable this is fine I'm not going to break away while he's like locked eyes contact I'm not going to like excuse me pull away while I like fish out my gum and I was like I've got this completely no worries as soon as the dance is over (laughs) I'm going to discreetly slide the gum out of this one piece of hair go to the bathroom, throw it away, move on. It's great. It's fine. You know, didn't want to make it awkward for him. So as the dance is over, I go to discreetly slide out, you know, get my gum out. Well, then it gets caught in my curl because I curled my hair to the 10th degree. (laughs) Then as I'm trying to frantically pull it out, I don't know how, I don't know how it just got worse and worse (laughs) and worse. And finally I said, 
I'm so sorry. I have gum in my hair. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I went to the bathroom. And I don't know if you've ever had gum in your hair. Um, but it doesn't come out very well. <laughs> no. And um, so then then I had to go to the teachers who were taking tickets. And I said, Miss um, <clears throat> Reddick, do you have scissors? Because I have gum in my hair. And I think it's got to be cut. And so... <laughs> She she came into the bathroom with me. You know, other girls are like touching up their lipstick and stuff, and here a teacher is cutting gum oh, out of my hair. Worst. Yeah, so that was my. I was like that. <laughs> and then you just went back out and continued. Yeah, dancing. then I went back out, and he was like, "You you good?" And I was like, "I'm good. I'm uh-huh. good." <laughs> and she really blessed. This teacher did an excellent job. Minimal hair was lost. <laughs> it was. <laughs> It really could have been much worse. Um, but that was, I was like, that was one for the books. That could have been in a book, you know? <laughs> so, next time you do a section, if you need okay, some inspiration. I'm you for the gum story. Yes. <laughs> you got me for the gum story. But anyway, so that's if, you know, if people listening want more, more fun stories, your, your book is full of them. Um, and another thing you know, you're as much as your book is funny. It's you also talk about some very serious things in in the best way because um, you t- even though it's called a love story and you talk about how you root for the story of love, mm-hmm. a lot of times heartbreak is involved with that. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing that you just so beautifully do is point point this whole theme of love and wanting acceptance and wanting to be with someone you bring that back to the gospel in such a real natural way where it's not forced it's not cheesy but it's real and I know that because as a believer like I've I mean I've mm-hmm. experienced that you know I, I know what you're what you're saying why how did you get to where you connected this gospel story with your passion for just the typical love story of the bachelor Mm -hmm. finding love like how did you bring those two together in a way that is so real and relatable to people and I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm doing a bad job of explaining this so you're just gonna have to people are gonna have to read the book to get it because it's so beautiful um But, there um, you go. Shameless plug. Yeah. I think that the there were there were two things that my books came out back to back and this love story book was not one of the other here are future book ideas. It, it it wasn't. And it wasn't that I was panicked thinking I've really got to think of something quick, but I knew I needed to think of something quick. And it was right around the time of Hallmark Christmas movies, and they are on a loop at my mom's house. She just literally keeps the channel on and has seen all of them several times and flips back and forth between that one and the mystery one. And so she's really into that. And then that was coupled with uh, Harry and Meghan getting married, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle getting married. And I thought to myself, Everyone I know, if they're not watching Hallmark Christmas movies, then someone in their life they are close to is watching Hallmark Christmas movies. And there are 1.4 billion people up right now watching this wedding. 
why is it that we're always rooting for the love story? The the battle cry for my generation is also where are the romantic comedies? We grew up with Meg Ryan and Sandra Bullock and Julia Roberts, and they were getting mail and sleepless and trying to get brothers while they were, you know, we were weddings and everything. We just grew up on all of that. And, and not that I hate a superhero movie, but we're just in this drought of, of romance, which I think is being revived right now. But it was, all of this was rolling around in my head and I had just done a study. I taught Genesis at my church. Oh, wow. And I, yes, yes, it is. Genesis is long and has a lot in it. I I didn't even know. I did an overview and I thought, what in the world? But it came down to, for me, the big part of Genesis is, um, you know, chapter three, page two of the Bible, where sin enters the world and we are cut off from God. And the, th- that we, we were walking along in the garden, Adam and Eve are in the garden and everything is paradise and everything is wonderful and everything is perfect and everything was as it was designed to be. And then there's sin and you're cut off. And so I, I, where I landed was the reason why none of us feel truly fulfilled is because that is the longing that we're that we want. We're we're trying to fill this hole or this void in ourselves with either love or a husband or a kid or your job or money or where you live or status. There, there's always this. Well, if I was just married, then the, yes. then it'd be good. Or if I just had a baby, it would be good. Well, if I could just get that promotion, it would right. be good. Well, if I just had a little bit more money, I could. But and, and that's always the case. You can you can see interviews with some of the wealthiest people in the world. I believe it's Tom Brady who is married to Victoria's Secret supermodel and is a whatever time Super Bowl champion and has however many houses and is rich beyond his anything he could ever imagine. And he's still saying, I thought, I thought it would be different. I thought I would feel something different and I don't. And I think that's what it is for, for us as well. There's, there's this, we are ingrained to have this feeling of completeness. However lame that may sound with the Jerry Maguire movie, you complete me. (laughs) I think we all long long for that and we're not going to see it this side of heaven Mm -hmm. so there's always going to be us rooting for the love story because I think that's how we were created to be yes yes that it makes me think Mm -hmm. of the verse in Ecclesiastes where it says God has set eternity in the hearts of men Mm -hmm. you know we are we know that this is not all that there is and that we're There's, there's something more that we're missing that we, you're right, we try to fill it with different things, but it's never going to quite get there. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is very natural for us to try to fill it with the other things. And I think that's okay, but I don't think that there's ever going to be the sense of, oh, well, now I've got it. Now I've made it. Oh, here I am at the ultimate happiness. This is whatever, because we just live in a a sinful world. We live in a broken world. So there's always going to be some sort of 
uh, pain or unjust that happens or, you know, something that isn't fair or take, you know, anything that can happen in the world. And uh, so there's, there's always going to be this constant push pull. Right. And we don't, in a way that seems, you know, sobering and it is, but also there's freedom in that because we realize that's not all our hope is in Uh is this feeling right here. And this, you know, state that we want to be in there's there's real hope that is true but that is in Christ Uh and that Uh we're ultimately going to know one day it's just I love how you can take something so you know seemingly trivial as Hallmark and just tie this with the truth of the world (laughs) that's that's brilliant (laughs) so (laughs) well done and one other thing you talk about that just hit home for me and just some friends that I know who are going through some things is you talk about a time where you felt like in this situation, you had done everything right, that you had Mm -hmm. a sincere heart, you had good intentions. And when someone else doesn't, and they hurt you very badly, but Mm -hmm. you have to live with the consequences, and they seem to go on, move on. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. oh, it just that gives me a heavy heart talking about because that is so real. Um, mm-hmm. and you really talk about this in your, in your book, but I, I was wondering if, um, I mean, you don't have to go into the whole story or you can, if you want to, whatever, mm-hmm. but just like, what would you say to someone who's in that spot right now? Because I know I have been there in the past. And even mm-hmm. like I said, with friends, like some people are there and I just thought that's a hard place to be in. It is. I think it. Looking back from, for mine, it was an unfaithful husband and I never saw it coming out of left field. And I fought and fought and fought and fought and fought some more to keep my marriage intact. And then one day he halfway got mad at me and said, oh my gosh, you've got to give up on this. And it it was almost angry at me for, for trying. And he said that what he and I had was really good on paper, but he could not leave the other woman. So in his logic, that meant they were meant for each other because he couldn't imagine leaving her Oh. I mean, he could he could imagine leaving me. He couldn't imagine leaving her. It was easier to leave me. And I obviously divorce is is terrible. And and having someone that you stood in front of however many hundreds of people and, and vowed to love for better or for worse and sickness and health and then all of that to go away is terrible. But to not even see it coming is worse. Mm-hmm. And to be young. Um, a lot of people would say, oh, that's so great. You weren't married to this guy for 20 years and had three kids. And uh, I do understand that, but it, it, it's a hard pill to swallow no matter what age you are or what your circumstance I've, I've just decided. And the thing that was hardest for me is I felt that he just got to go on and live this perfect life that we had planned down to naming his children, what we were going to name our children. So that is, and we're from the small town. So everybody talks about everybody and you know, things. And, and, and that to me was unfair. I, I struggled for a long time with, I am good. I do everything I'm supposed to do. I follow the rules. I, 
pray. I go to church. I go to Bible studies. I don't speed. I don't murder anybody. <laughs> I follow the Ten Commandments to the best of my ability. You know, and, right. and it, it was so unfair that because of his sin, his choices, then my whole life got derailed and now I'm going this direction when I'm supposed to be going this direction. Yeah. I struggled with for you. that. I mean, <laughs> yes. I don't, and anyone would be. Oh. Yes. And I, I, I struggled with that. I struggled with not knowing who I was without him because we were high school sweethearts. Uh, I struggled with, um, him m- messing my life up, uh, it, you know, not even with being married or having kids, but all of a sudden I'm having to leave the city and go to a different city. And I became gossip in the tiny little town and that mm. annoyed me. And I didn't want to be divorced. I wanted to fight for the marriage and he didn't. And so all of this was very hard. And I, I did have very, very dark days, months, almost a year of me just floating through life for the most part. And people would say things like time heals, this too shall pass. Um, He was never good enough for you. I just Mm. wanted to punch them all in the throat because that's not what I needed to hear at the time. Now that I am uh, 15 years out of that, I can say that time does heal. You, you don't want to hear it, but it is true. With every day and every every month and year that goes by, what happens is is that you get stronger, and it's it's the refining fire that you've always heard. Your it's it, your iron is being sharpened, and you're you're growing in ways that you never even knew, and you're stronger in ways that you never knew. And I also just realized nowhere in the Bible does it say we're, we are guaranteed a perfect life if we follow all these rules. That is the whole entire purpose of the cross. Um, In the old Testament, they had these laws and nobody could, nobody could do all those laws. No, you could, you just can't. And that's the whole point. You need somebody to come in and sacrifice for all of the people, you know, the big one huge sacrifice for all of the people to atone for the sins. And that's, that's the cross. And, and, and that helped me thinking, um, there is no plan B. I, I remember somebody telling me that and, and it stuck with me. There is no plan B. This is what God meant for your, for your life. Well, then I'd get angry about that. Like, well, then why is it that these terrible people over here have been, you know, don't seem to have anything wrong with them. And what about that girl over there? She's divorced too, but then she found somebody four days later and now she, so there right. it was a whiny went, went, went about it. And, and it, it became a grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Well, it's time to water my own grass. You know, Ooh. I, I don't, I just need to be over here because this is where the Lord has me. Not over there where she is, not over there where he is, not over there where they are. So it, 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 it became an, a mantra of staying, staying in, in your own lane, in your own life and working on your own self and really praying about, okay, this has happened. I don't like it. I, I would, cry out to the Lord, I would lament because I learned you can do that in Jeremiah and Lamentations. So yeah. let me lament about all the crap, but the 
the goal is, is that you cannot stay there. Mm. You cannot stay in the place of woe is me or shaking your fist at God. God knows you're angry. And that was a revelation for me. He knows my feelings anyway. So why not just kind of blurt them out at him? But you also have to end that rant with a but. But Lord, I know that you are faithful. But Lord, I know that you are sovereign and you have a plan for me. But Lord, I know that somewhere soon I'm going to see hope that I can crawl out of this pit that I feel like I'm in or this ledge that I'm dangling on the side of, and you're going to show me the way. And and we were just talking about this however many minutes ago. All of this was happening, all of it, when the Bachelor stuff started. Mm-hmm. And so I always think a lot of people have come up to me and said, how can you call yourself a Christian and watch that terrible show? And I, I get it. I do. And it has become trashier as the seasons have gone on. But where, what I love to say is that God took such a trashy show and, and helped me through one of the darkest times in my life because I wouldn't get up out of the bed for my mom or my sister or my friends, but every stinking Monday I would get up and watch the show and take notes and write something. <laughs> and, and I would looking at the comments or seeing how many people had clicked was and, and saying, Oh, that was so funny. This was my favorite line. And this community that I was building um, was oxygen for me. It was, it was the, it was the anchor. Oddly enough, the bachelor was the anchor right. in my life at a time that I really needed it and look where it's led me. Yeah. I mean, I don't think if, if things had stayed the same, I know I would not be writing now. I don't know what I would be doing, but I, d- I would not be writing for entertainment weekly for sure. I probably would not have written two books. And if I had, they would be very different stories. Right. So oh. That Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That mm-hmm. I think it is important to hear. It's important to tell your, I mean, that is your testimony and, mm-hmm. um, and that's a gift. So thank you. And mm-hmm. I love that we can look back sometimes in our life, we can look back and say, I can see where God did that. I can see what he had in mind, you know, like, like you mm-hmm. said with the, with the bachelor and your writing career. And then sometimes we look back and we can't and it's, mm-hmm. you know, I think our our culture has this mindset of we do want the bow tied on the story. We want the yes. we want to be able to look back and see and say, oh, this makes sense to me now. Um, and yeah. sometimes it doesn't happen, and that's that's frustrating to me. I'm a I don't know if you do the enneagram. I'm a one, mm-hmm. so I want mm-hmm. that justice. You know, I want to know. I want it to be right. But sometimes we just have to say, but God you know, mm-hmm. but God and mm-hmm. he is good and he is present. And, um, I was, I'm trying to work on scripture memory. That's, um, something I'm me too. Yeah. Okay. Yay. <laughs> I, it's been such a, com, com, it's been so convicting to me lately. And, and I, I, I'm going to go off on a tangent here because I think it sure. is so important for us to be able to, to pull, scripture from our brains. Um, there was just a series of, there was a series of occurrences over a period of about two years where I thought, oh, I wish I knew that. Oh, I wish I knew that. Or somebody would say, where's that beauty from ashes? Where, what book is that in? Where, where's that? And, and, you know, we have our phones now, which are great, but I think it's so important to commit it to memory. And the thing that I've been doing are the, the character of God, but through the ABCs, 
And so Ooh. A, God is able, you know, just go all the way yeah. down to Z, which is he never sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, whatever. Don't know. Uh, he created the animals in the zoo. <laughs> yeah, the zoo and all that. And, but you know, he is able. He is before all things. He's compassionate. He destroys mm. death. And I think that I have, since I've done that, it was it was an exercise that I did over the summer um, to learn the t- 26. And, and I cannot tell you how many times it is. It has been an encouragement to me, yes. But whenever I am looking at somebody and they're having an, an a, a a day, I can say, "But yes, he can do immeasurably more." This is the able verse. He's able to do immeasurably more than all you could think or imagine. And I am just pulling this out all the time, and it has been rejuvenating for me. So I am all about the scripture memory. Okay. You just well, memorize it all. That just encourages me even more because I mean, literally this was something this morning where I thought, you know, I have been, um, I've been going through seamless by Angie Smith. Um, mm-hmm. incredible, but it's about biblical literacy and understanding. And I've been in church all my life, but just knowing afresh, like what is this story of redemption? Why is it so important to know these words like God's mm-hmm. word? And anyway, all that to say, um, the verse that I decided to try and memorize for this week, which I don't know the reference. So, you know, there's, there's the lessons about learning it, but it's, um, mm-hmm. and from Psalms and it says, I'm confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm. And mm-hmm. I love that because it's it like now in the land of the living. Yeah. Like yeah. he's going to show his goodness um, yeah. in one way or another. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to, after this, I'm going to go and look up and <laughs> do a better job. On- <laughs> I've done that a couple of times on the podcast. Actually, if people have been following, they'll be like, didn't she like not know the reference in yeah. <laughs> episode five or six? Probably so. But, um, okay. good encouragement, good encouragement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, to wrap up our conversation after that serious stuff, I've got some fun, just pop culture questions that I feel like you will enjoy. And, um, can advise me on because okay. I need some advice. So I feel like you're, you're the girl to do it. Can't wait. I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing, um, all my, if you ask any of my friends, they will tell you, I do not know like movies super well. I love TV. Okay. I'm a TV girl. If you ask me about a 90s sitcom, I can tell you all about it. Got like, it. Okay. But as far as movies, that's where I am lacking. And so some of these movies that you have talked about on your podcast or that you've mentioned in the book, I have not seen, but they're on my list. I know they're important. And okay. so I've got five 80s or 90s rom-coms, okay. um, and I'm going to go through, and I want you to help me just – what is the must-see, what is not as important, or maybe they're okay. all important, but I felt like you could give some good advice to my looming list of <laughs> movies okay. to watch. So, first of all, got The Breakfast Club. Okay. Two, When Harry Met Sally. Okay. Clueless. Mm. Ten, Things mm. I Hate About You. <laughs> okay. And The Wedding Singer. Those are my <sighs> have-not-seen. Okay. And you need me. I, uh, uh, <laughs> okay, let me. What is um, priority here? Yeesh, let me. Gosh, there's just so many things to say because <laughs> what is priority? It, I have I have categories here. Or, um, or and do any of those not meet up to the hype, you know? 
uh, wedding singer, you said? Yes. Because there's my best friend's wedding, wedding singer, wedding day. I wedding. have seen my best friend's <laughs> wedding. This is the wedding singer. <laughs> okay, the wedding singer with Adam Sandler and Drew Brimore. Okay. Um, all right. When were you born? Can 94. I ask that? Are sure. You, oh, yeah. 94. Oh, 94. Bless. Okay, that's going <laughs> to. Uh, I'm little. <laughs> I thought you going to change everything. <laughs> okay, let's see. Well, for you, I would say the wedding singer needs to be low on the list because it's very, very 80s. It's, okay. a, it's a movie in the 90s, but it references 80s. So I love the nostalgia of it. That's going to be lost on you. So I okay. wouldn't do that. Um, when Harry Met Sally is great, but it's going to look and feel old to That's you. Okay. Remember, 90s sitcoms I love. Like okay. Seinfeld, it, that kind of genre. Love it. Okay. For me, I, th- um, when Harry met Sally is just a, a classic that you probably need to see at some time because there's a lot of pop culture references that you just need to know in sure. life. And see, I think that's what my friends are telling me. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's how this list gets created. Rachel, you need mm, to know this. Come on. <laughs> right. I personally, this is, this is not normal. The Breakfast Club is one that I, I get, but it was never one that I embraced with my whole heart. My sister would punch me right now if she were here (laughs) saying that. So in my opinion, you probably, I'm going to say start off with Clueless because it's, it's, I just love, and it is, um, it would I don't know. I think Paul Rudd makes everything better and he is in that. So uh, I would say yes. clueless and then 10 things I hate about you. 10 things I hate about you is also one that was somewhat lost on me for some reason, but everybody I know who is 10 years, 15 years younger than me just are diehard for that movie. So if I were you, I would do clueless first, 10 things I hate about you. When Harry Met Sally, Breakfast Club, and then Wedding Singer. And you might even just skip Breakfast Club and Wedding Singer, and I'll give you a list of 10 other things you need to watch. Okay. That sounds <laughs> perfect. <laughs> my, In particular, my friend Bailey will be so pleased because she has been working on my movie education since college. So, <laughs> what, are, what, are, what are things you love? What is something that you love that you could watch over and over and over again? Oh, a movie. Oh, goodness. Uh, Still Magnolias is my favorite of all okay. times. Um, Still Magnolias. Okay. I love it. Um, love the play as well. I, mm-hmm. gosh, as far as movies, see, I really, I'm, I'm more TV and maybe that's, maybe yeah. it's like an attention span thing. I don't know. Right. But, um, yeah. Did you watch Downton Abbey? Oh yes. Love. Have you seen the movie? I haven't. Is it so good? Go see <gasps> the movie. Okay. And let me tell you why. It's just pleasing. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's as if. We never went anywhere, mm. and oh, here they all are again, just the upstairs and the downstairs. It's just pleasing. It was, mm. it, is it life-changing? No. Are there things that you know will be in there and predictable? Of course, but <laughs> it's just, if you're a Downton Abbey fan, I think you need to go oh, see yes. it on the big screen. Well, it's as just soon pleasing. as I heard the dun, 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 mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what is happening to my heart? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm... <laughs> I'm already happy because they're playing the music, you know, it just, yeah. oh, it's beautiful. And I did watch mm-hmm. all of their segments on the Today Show. So I'm, I just yeah. need to get, get my butt to the movie theater. And <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think so. That's a good one. Okay. What is a good, here's another fun question. Any good books that you've read lately, specifically like romance books? 
Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. My <laughs> problem, my problem right now is that I write book reviews for the Associated Press. And so any book that I read is, I'm, I'm made, I'm made to read. Sure. And so I don't get to do my own funsy stuff lately, but there is, um, oh, I know you're going to ask me her name and I don't know her name. Um, <laughs> Bethany Turner, I believe. Yes, Bethany Turner. She has a couple of books out and they are on my nightstand. I have, because I keep thinking, all right, once I read these three, then I'm, but then another AP wave comes in and it just gets backed out, backed out, backed out. Um, I did read Melanie Schenkel's new book that's coming out, I believe, in February. Oh, fabulous. Um, It's not out yet, but it, that was, that was super, super fun to read. I am also a fan of the podcast. Oh, podcast. yes. Same. And um, I liked Knox McCoy's book. Um, yes, fun the, fact. The his Wondering agent Years. Is, yes. The Wondering Years. His agent is also Lisa. So Lisa. what do you know? Me <laughs> and, and Sophie and Melanie and Knox are agent siblings, as we call ourselves. <laughs> I did. I really did enjoy um I really did enjoy his. He's he's a he's a little bit quirkier, but he's got that voice that uh, me and Melanie and and Sophie all have. Yes. So it no, was I, it was super fun. I read that and enjoyed it as well, and I loved it from a male perspective too, because usually yes. you get these type of memoirs from females, but it's so witty and fun. So absolutely, I I loved it. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now, but those are the ones that stick out to me, um, lightly. Yes. Yes. That's fantastic. I love mm-hmm. it. Lindsay, this has been so, so much fun. Thank you for coming on. This was of great. Of course. I've had a blast. Good. Well, let's definitely stay in touch and let me know about, you know, if I can ever do anything and book number three, I'm cheering for it already. So. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> we'll link to all your books and your podcast and everything, but, um, this has been great. So <laughs> thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, I just love her. Y'all go, please read her books. Check her out. What a gem of a person she is. Anyway, that's all I have for you. Oh, no, it's not. I actually didn't plan that, but I do have a giveaway. So if you would like to win It's a Love Story by Lindsay, all you have to do is subscribe to my email list. You don't have to tag anybody. You don't have to come up with a poem as to why you should win the book all you got to do is subscribe to my list and I will not overrun your inbox so that link is in the show notes and you can find it on my socials I hope you do that and we'll draw a winner in a few days but thank you guys for listening I'll see you next time